Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Two high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these thug rocks Have me looking dumb hot, with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot, in the making No need for ovens when you're waking, baking No faking Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast HQ Cubed up in this bitch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back with another motherfucking album review for y'all motherfuckers out there listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this week, it was my turn to decide the albums. And, you know, we had to take it to 2003 for a classic here. Uh, Of course, we're talking about the legendary that, yes, I said legendary. We could talk about this later if you want or not. I don't know how you feel about that. (laughs) But the legendary, in my opinion, uh, hip hop uh, group 36 Mafia. And of course, I'm talking about the Unbreakables, which I believe was their third studio album. If I'm not mistaken, could be the second, but don't quote me on that. But nonetheless, Three Six Months Unbreakables, 2003. Tell me, Coop, did you hear about? Were you a fan of this before we went into this? Like, tell 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 everybody your your background with this album, if if there is any. First thing I have to say is that I did not have a background with this album. This is literally, legitly the first three six project I have listened to in its complete entirety. I was uh, I, I went into it. I, mean, I don't want to say that I went into it with like a negative view. I want to say that I did go into it with open minds because a lot of the music by three six that I've listened to, I really do like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but there was a lot of things I did not like about this album. Mm-hmm. And most of it revolved around, and it, it wasn't even like every song, but it was just like there were so many lazy bars in this in this album, um, mm-hmm. and it was only like one or two people that continuously just had lazy bars. And I want to say that it's uh, Crunchy Black that usually sounds like he's got some of the worst bars on the album. But I will say I was rather impressed with some of the stuff that DJ Paul did. I was really impressed with a lot of what Juicy did. Juicy did. Yeah. yeah but then again, I've been, I've, ever since he's been a solo act, I've been a fan of Juicy. I've listened to yeah. everything he's come out with. So um, I feel like that's somebody also just on his own. I feel like is, is almost legendary status just on the fact that he's he's done decades. Yeah, he's been relevant in two decades. And I feel like if you're able to do that and, and really be in the, in the mix of things, then I feel like yeah, at least in the talk of being a, a really high tier artist. No, and I, I can I can definitely give him legendary status just because he ended up being a legend with his group, and then mm. turned around and carved out a complete solo career as an older nigga. Like for yeah, real, that, so like, that's the crazy part about it, really. So he's especially been able to be fu- relevant with two different generations of hip hop fans. Especially fucking around with uh, with Wiz and shit, you know what I mean? I feel like that whole that whole like it's crazy. Like you said, you rarely see artists have two really high points, and I feel like at at, at a certain point when he was fucking around with Wiz, he had a very high point in his career, and that was like you said, that was after the success in Three Six Mafia, after the uh, was it the, was it the Grammy or was it the uh, I think yeah it was that the Grammy, was after right? the Grammy because Three Six. Um... I want to say like three six has always been popular, but I feel like for the most part, everyday people like really didn't know too much about three six mm-hmm. until it came to hustle and flow, and everybody yeah. realized that they basically wrote the entire soundtrack to that shit. That and, was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, okay, these niggas really—they yeah. wrote some good ass shit, and it was like 
you know, like I said, like I've heard a lot of shit, like you know, ride spinners. That's always been a joke. You know, um, right. sipping on some scissor, blah blah blah. Yeah. Those aren't necessarily the greatest songs, but they they make you feel a way, especially if you know them from a certain time in your life. Oh, right. But like the hustle and flow shit was different because I was a full on adult and. I was like, I, I don't know who, I didn't know who the fuck wrote that joint. Then I found out that they won a Grammy for it and it was 3-6. And I was like, oh shit, the fuck? I had no idea that they were el- that they were capable of yeah. that quality of music, which is what made me kind of like dive into them a little bit deeper and listen to more. But again, I still never listened to a full project, which is like, you know, it's, it's, that's my bad. No, no. And, and to be fair, you know, I feel like when 3-6 kind of came into their, their most mainstream success, which in my opinion was when that song uh, "Stay High" came out. Stay oh high, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, arguably and probably not even arguably, but probably definitively their biggest song uh, to date. Their biggest hit, and yeah. they had a couple other singles that came out around that time that you know weren't, weren't as big, but were still pretty big, like "Popping My Collar." Yep, a couple other ones that I really can't think about right now, but nonetheless, "Dope Boy Fresh." Yeah, yeah, yep, the, the, yeah, "Dope Boy Fresh." Yep. Uh, again, a, a plethora of other ones that came out that weren't as big as "Stay Fly," but nonetheless uh, kept them in the mix of things. They even had their own reality TV show. I don't know if you remember about that. I do MTR. remember that. Yeah. What about that? Where it was just, I think, DJ Paul and Juicy J. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know you know what's funny, right? Which I guess I guess it doesn't really matter if I get too into deep with this because it's part of the group itself. But I, I remember part of 3-6's like, allure and like what kind of made them cool to me when I first found out about them mm-hmm. was like the kind of dark, like weird, demonic background that you really didn't know what these niggas looked like for real, for real. At least I didn't. Okay. You know, and, and, and I feel like I feel like once the whole reality TV show came out, and and, and again, it, it all revolves around, I guess, getting to know the artist more now than you could back in the day because of obviously the internet yeah. or TV and shit like that. I feel like it kind of took a little bit away from their allure, which is probably why they just decided to go full mainstream and just start fucking with all these corporations and you know shit like that. So I, don't know, I just want to say, I, I know a lot of fans probably feel the same way because a lot of their newer shit. Um, if you ask any 3-6 fan, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to support it and we're going to love it. I don't know if you feel this way about like Wu-Tang or anything like that, but like it just is, it's not the same. You know what I mean? And, and again, I don't know if you feel that way about any group that you might fuck with, which is, you know, why I brought up Wu-Tang. Um, not necessarily Wu-Tang because they've been pretty consistent. I mean, they've had some bad albums. I'm not going to lie, but at least they're yeah. like consistent in the way that they do shit if they make a bad album. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's plenty of groups out there that like I definitely have fucked with and then you can definitely see the change. But then again, you got to think about it. 3-6 Mafia had like six people in it at one point. And mm-hmm. then by the time that Hustle and Flow and the Grammy and shit, like they were down like three or four members. So But I will say this that even though even through all of that, I feel like the core members for the most part uh other than Lord Infamous, which I think passed away, mm. uh is is they I mean, for the most part it's it's always been DJ Paul Juicy J, Crunchy Black, and Lord Infamous, and then Project Pat, you mm-hmm. know, with a, with a verse every now and then. So I feel like for the most part, their core has stuck together, which, you know, and again, I feel like it just revolves around them choosing to go to the more kind of like, you know, mainstream side, and then Juicy J having the resurgence that he had with, with, uh, with Taylor Gang. True, true. But let's dive into this joint, though. Yes, uh, sir. If we were ready to do that. Let's do it. All right, man. So 
Let's uh do you wanna go song by song you wanna go what we liked and what we didn't Let's like do what we like and what we didn't because this is a long album. And I mean yeah, like this long as in it took forever to get through and it would take us forever to talk through all this shit. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So like I you know, like you just said, twenty song album, hour and ten minutes. Even yeah. I will admit, as much as I actually like this album, uh it's definitely a long listen. But let's get into this. Let's talk about the first one though, which is uh kind of like a intro kind of song. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like this this song. It's called uh, "They About to Find Your Body," and it's it's kind of like a mini song because you got everybody on it. They have like a very short verse. Everybody for the most part. Mm-hmm. I want to say the song is under two minutes, um, and I think it kind of has it gives you a very small sample of what the whole album is going to be like in my opinion uh which is very heavy drums very heavy bass all of that shit in the background and yeah and, and three six mafia doing their thing all over it so i feel like this is a very good way to start the album and especially with the whole like new little news clippings in the beginning mm-hmm. and kind of just it definitely speaks 2003 for sure if you didn't oh, have yeah. a news if you didn't have a news clipping in your in your intro in 2003, what, go back and redo that shit, dog. Because there was no Instagram for niggas get caught up. So if you was getting your oh, shit no. put out there, it's because it was on the fucking news. <laughs> which, which is crazy because we talk about niggas like convicting themselves on, on on IG and YouTube right now. But we'll get into another song, which I don't know if you peep this, but these niggas definitely were reckless with it with the tongue for sure. Pause. Wow. Yes. But yes, we'll get into that when we come to it. But yeah, no, um, the first track, it was clear intent with the chorus as to what they are about. No, yeah, um, for sure. And I have to say that it was definitely an interesting blend of the styles. I feel like each individual that rapped their part showed what they're good at on this track. Like everybody showed yeah. what their strengths were on this track. Yeah, um, and it sure. was just, it was a really good way to start the album. Like it was, it was fast paced, upbeat, like. It got you going. It got you in the headspace. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm expecting. Especially, I, I think the hook was such a three six mafia hook. Uh, Juicy J on the joint. I just felt like it just felt like it, I don't know. It just felt like such a, a three six hook. And, then, and again, kind of tagging what you were saying. This is exactly what we're gonna get for the rest of the album. So exactly, I agree 100. All right, um, let me see. The next one I wanted to talk about. Oh, number four, testing my gangster. Um, I think that there's a lot going on in this beat, but I really do fuck with it. Again, like a, a, a common thing across this album, as we've discussed on many albums from the early 2000s, is that the beats sound dated. And some of them joints would have been sounding hard as fuck back in the day. But right now, after the shit that we're used to listening to since 2003, I feel like a lot of this shit just kind of sounds like this nigga was on Fruity Loops. <laughs> it just sounds like some straight up Fruity Loops production on uh, some of these joints. But I say like the chorus is very simple and I usually, you know, I usually, you know, I usually like a a simple chorus as long as it's like Mm -hmm. legit, but like this one is kind of repetitive. I mean, it's like they, they basically just shout at the same thing like four times in a row. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, "Eh, you could have done a little bit more with that, but you know, whatever. It's not really, it's not a bad song. I do fucking like it. I think that the first, first verse was way too slow to go with the beat, honestly, but I still fuck with it. And I think that the second verse, it's faster, but it's like still slow in comparison to the, the to the following verse, which is like, right. I don't I don't like it's like the niggas was like slow, a little bit faster, and then fast. Yeah. I was like, I, <laughs> I don't get that yeah. on one track, but hey, whatever, it worked. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. Um, I actually really like this song. This is probably one of one of my favorite songs on the joint. The beat itself, I love the way it kind of starts off with you know uh, DJ Paul kind of just talking to shit in the background, and then. It kind of just, be, without the actual beat dropping, like it has a little sample kind of playing in the background. 
and then the beat drops. I, I, I think this whole joint is vicious. I really like the hook on it. Like you said, it's very, very simple. But again, I, I just feel like it kind of fits what 3-6 does. Um, I'm, I'm not really expecting nothing too crazy from them. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like this satisfies it as a fan. But yeah, I think this song is dope. I feel like it's a high-energy song. And yeah, it, it's, it's a dope song to me. Yeah, I fuck sure. with it. I fuck with it, yeah. Good. Let's, let's actually go back to number two, which is one of my favorite songs. Dating back to when I was a, a younger me. And even now, I feel like this is one of my favorite songs now, which is number two called Fuck That Shit. <laughs> and you already know how, how this song is going to go just off the title. Yeah, of course. And, 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 and it's really just a high. And, and again, this is I, I said this before, and I'm going to say this again, and I'm probably going to say it again before this episode is over, before this review is over. Three Six Mafia a lot of times makes armed robbery music or <laughs> if you're not an armed robbery nigga just wilding out music you know what i mean yeah. just super wilding out music and i feel like this is definitely one of those songs and this is one of them songs that you just did not want to be at a club or like at a hood spot when this drum was playing because it's kind of like a hood mosh pit it's kind of like if it's kind of like if they play wild out by the locks you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's just certain songs that i just feel like invoke a certain energy and and, and that's and, and regardless of of the dangerousness of that, you know, being in that environment, right? <laughs> yeah. I still feel like, I still feel like that's the allure that, that three six brought to the table. And I feel like this song kind of captures that. So I, I feel like any three six mafia would say this is a central three six right here. High energy, lots of fucking, uh, whooping niggas ass talk, lots of gun talk, lots of drug talk and a very, very animosity filled, uh, hook. So I love it. Facts. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all the way for this song. It's one of my favorite songs on the, on the album. Honestly, I, love it. I really like this song too, but my only major complaint is like they, they found the rhyme style that they liked and they went hard on it, but there was no differentiating from that style. I feel like I think this is one of those songs where all three verses, the niggas did the exact same flow style, but it it went good with the song. But it's just like it's like it's like listening to it when Rick Ross does that shit. It's like okay, nigga, we know that you can rap and you make this shit sound good, but it's just like I need I need you to differentiate some shit. I just need you to switch it up just a little bit. And that was another main issue that I had with this album is that uh, that happened a lot. Like the first person would rap and everybody following them would follow their rap style. So it was just like yeah. come on, like. Uh, yeah. I feel you, I feel you, but again, I, I, I just feel like, I don't know, I, I really like the, I like the beat. I feel like it has like a very dark feeling to it as well, very dark ambiance. And again, it just, it just reminds me of niggas wilding out at a club and niggas getting kicked out and a bunch of wild ass shit. So this is definitely a, a big song for me. So yeah, number two, dope song. All right, and I'm going to push on to number five, Ben Laden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember everybody remember this song because it was all about that Ben Laden weed back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So the opening of the song definitely it just sounds like a nigga on the corner trying to sell you some weed, trying to sell you Thanks. on the shit that he got. I said the beat is like mad dark and mysterious. Like you say, most often these niggas got some evil sounding tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the, the, the verse, the first verse was structured extremely well. But that damn cricket sound had me thinking that these motherfuckers was in my house. I was looking all over the place. I was tripping the fuck out every time I heard that goddamn kinda, song. Kind of like when you hear a siren when you're driving this shit. Yes, I feel you. I feel exactly. You. Uh, I feel verse you. two was good. It had a lot of change. It had some change ups through it, uh, which were good, which was very good to hear from me. But like you know the what is it? Verse three, I think was split between two people. I'm not really sure who they were, but like everything was good. Like I I fucked with this song. Like there's just certain things. 
that these niggas can go on and it's just like the perfect sound for them and i'm not going to say that everything on this album fits that bill but there are definitely certain songs on here that are just like no this is no matter what they're rapping about or kind of how they're rapping they hit that sound that they have and they just go Mm -hmm. off so it's it's this is one of those songs i think is great and it's like it's it's a hype song but it's also a song that you can just kind of ride in the whip to and you know like you can chill at home listen to it it's very Mm -hmm. versatile song i think it's just dope as fuck no yeah i agree 100 percent um and you know to what you were saying that when when three six does what they do well i feel like when they do that they're a legendary group and i feel like it's proven time and time again with a lot of the production nowadays sounding a lot at least the drums like a lot of what comes out now like the like the um take key for uh fuck them niggas up i think that's what what the joint is take key oh yeah uh-huh a lot of his production to me a lot of memphis which obviously makes sense these niggas are from memphis but a lot of the shit that's popping right now which is you know yo Gotti's, young dolph key glock uh, a lot of artists from that area a lot of their beats to me sound a lot like uh, three six mafia beats and i feel like a lot of and, and a lot of them what was what made themselves their influence about three six mafia and a lot of their beats so i feel like that's one thing that i would say that even though a lot of these beats might sound a little old you know, maybe because of the samples that they may have used or a couple like... Really, it was you just know, the technology from back in the day. Or, or, or the technology itself, right? But I, I I still feel that like the drums and the overall kind of, I guess, structure of the beat itself definitely sounds like something that we hear nowadays, especially with a lot of the down south niggas, a lot of the oh, yeah. like, Tennessee niggas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, Bin Laden Weed, uh, obviously, like you said everything that I was trying to say dope song if you're a fucking weed smoker you're gonna like this song mm-hmm. and, and yeah it definitely takes you back to a nigga trying to tell you he has some fire ass weed and called it some some other shit a different name that, trying to catch you, you know, on the name exactly facts facts i, I agree 100 but yeah dope song i agree 100 all right let's go to uh let's skip number six go on to number seven which is uh try something featuring project well yeah featuring project pat on this joint and again this song is legitimately about going out and robbing somebody because you are hurting for money okay and the hook itself i love those hooks by three six mafia when it's just a repeating kind of like you can't even tell who who did that voice or whatever you can't tell if it was project pal if it was uh dj paul or juicy j but it's like a, a very ambiguous voice like i don't know who it is but kind of just they do that all the time in all their songs and I feel like kind of like when they do the north, north. Oh yeah, uh-huh. north, north. Like, like there's certain things that they do, and I feel like this hook they kind of do that with it. With a, I'm gonna rob me some niggas. I'm gonna rob me some niggas. So I, I don't know. I just think it's a really dope song. Obviously, very dark song, very violent song. But uh, I don't know. I think this song was dope. The beat was very simple, nothing too crazy to it. Simple beat, but simple song. So I think it was dope. I thought it was a pretty good song. I'm not an I'm not a huge fan of the beat because I think that the piano sample that uh that um that they bring in during uh in, in the beat is kind of like it kind of overdoes it and it's it's a little much for me. But I'm always a fan of anything that's got Project Pat on it. <laughs> so <laughs> I can say that now. So I didn't like I you know I can find a way around the problem. <laughs> no, no, I agree. And then again, Project Pat, I think is. Honestly, I think it's everybody's favorite. Um, and, and, and it's so tight. The thing about Project Pat that was dope was that he would be sprinkled into 3-6 Mafia songs. Mm-hmm. Like, he would never be on the whole project. He'd be on, like, two or three songs, and all of them were fire. And then, you know, he'd have his his his, uh, his own uh, projects and shit like that. So, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, man, nah, definitely a uh, dope song. Number seven. 
Hell yeah. And uh, I'm going to go back to number six, Riding Spinners, because it was probably the the it was the first track I'd ever known from this album. I didn't even know it was mm-hmm. on this album. I thought it was older than this, honestly, because I knew Ben Laden going into this also. But like Riding Spinners it was probably was them. older than this. It, it probably because, you know, you know how like they'll, they'll release the single and then they'll just sneak it into the album to, you know, just, you know, you know, how yeah, you know, niggas been doing that for years. Oh, facts. Facts. <laughs> Yeah, no, this, the, the, the beat to this joint still hits. It's one of my favorite three, six songs of all time. Every verse was pretty dope. Simple fucking chorus, but it, it, you know, we ride spinners. We ride spinners. Yeah, they don't stop. Yeah, like, it's like, how you make, these niggas are like the kings of taking the most simple shit and just making it sound dope as fuck. Cause I don't know how many other artists could just make a song where they just talk about, they ride spinners. They don't stop. Like, <laughs> see, I, I feel like that just goes to show the great thing about music. And I feel like it's always been this to a certain variation. It always will be this. Not necessarily what you say, but it's a combination of what you say and how you say it. Yes. So again, sometimes it leans more towards one than the other, but I feel like it's always some of what of a variation of what you're saying and how you're saying. It. And I feel like this is a perfect example of that, which obviously is not the most creative, not the most, I don't know, but it just sounds vicious over the beat. Yeah. And that's, that's what matters at the end of the day, you know? Hell yeah. But but yeah, no, I agree. Uh I think this is I think this is without a doubt the most dated song just based off of the topic itself. Because you will never see a pair of spinners on any car that's considered tight right now. It just would never happen. <laughs> You'd be clowned for that every day on every block. One hundred and fifty percent. So so I don't know, it one hundred percent takes you back to like you know what this takes me back. I know this is a very specific memory that mostly I probably don't give a fuck about. But this shit takes me back to like when I was younger, like maybe like 10 or 11. I go to the beach with my parents in Virginia, like Virginia Beach. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, obviously Virginia is closer to, you know, the South. So I feel like they have more Southern uh, habits and, oh, yeah, you know, they'll, sure. they'll, 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 they'll do shit that niggas from the South do, like put spinners on their car. And I remember when I would go down there, I would see that shit. And I would see niggas, you know, blasting Southern music, Southern rap yep. uh, with, with, the, with the spinners and shit. So that definitely just... I know. I'm sure everybody who listens to this probably takes them back to the time when spinners was actually cool. So yeah, because you either had the real dope ones on your shit, or you had the real cheap ones on your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and all, all my amigos out there, we definitely had the cheap joints, the joints that you that you bought from fucking from from the flea market and shit. So. Hey, niggas, there's plenty of black folks out there with them fake spinners too. So. <laughs> Nah, nah, that's a fact. Everybody a fact. wanted that. They keep on spinning, nigga. They keep on spinning, nigga. They keep on spinning, nigga. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Those that didn't know, them just was the fakest ones. The ones that yep. just kept going. No bull. And he, they be wobbly and shit with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> no smoothness whatsoever. Yep. None at all, dog. You start hearing a speech after a certain point. And you, so, you used to judge a nigga because you see them wobbly ass spinners on that joint. And then what? You look up and you see that self tinted shit. <laughs> the niggas yeah. decide to do the tint they self and it's all fucked up with the bubbles and shit. <laughs> you know when a nigga try to do this shit on his own, dog. You just know. Exactly, you just, man. You just know. Motherfucker, <laughs> let's go on to, let's go on down to number 12, uh, Rainbow Colors featuring Lil Flip. I think this is, well, first of all, I've always built this song ever since I was younger and before I actually really listened to the song and kind of really knew what they were talking about because at first when I was younger I would hear niggas mention Jolly Ranchers and I had no idea what the fuck syrup was or anything like that yeah. I just thought syrup was I was like what the fuck niggas is drinking pancakes or ancient mama no, yeah. yeah nah <laughs> legit I was like what the fuck are these niggas talking about but I understand what they're talking about now but uh, nonetheless why I think this is such a, a dope song 
is because it's kind of like a chopped and screwed song, but it's not really. Like the rap in itself isn't a chopped and screwed song, but the hook kind of is, and the beat is kind of chopped a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a very unique concept if you really think about it, because it's not like the the the, the vocals aren't chopped and screwed, like they rap regular over it, but everything else on it is kind of chopped and screwed, and mm-hmm. obviously they're talking about uh, scissor. And you know, rainbow colors and you know shit like that. So I think it's a really dope song, uh, dope concept, which kind of just caught my attention later on as I got older. Uh, and yeah, well, one of my favorite joints on here too. I'm gonna actually go the exact opposite way as to say this is one of the songs I liked the least on this joint. Um, and it's because of the, the the chopped and screwed sounding aspect of it. I've never ever. <laughs> ever been a fan of chopped and screwed music no matter whose it is and once i heard this beat slowed down and i thought that i thought the lyrics and shit were you know chopped too so i was just like oh god here we go this is gonna take forever i was just i don't know like there's the top the chopped and screwed shit just sounds it 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 sounds weird to my to my ear especially when i've heard the original version at a a regular rate and then you play the chopped and screwed version later i just i mean i get it the, the the way niggas process it i guess when they're on the syrup and all that other shit whatever it's cool thing y'all do in the south i get it but it's just like music from the bay and you know some music from other places i i just can't get with it i just that's not my shit no and i i agree 100 with the point you just made about you know if you're if you're used to listening to a song a certain speed when you hear the, like i remember no bullshit there was a song that i specifically had only heard it chopped and screwed mm-hmm. and then when i heard it regular i think it was like a a ghetto boys they had a chopping screwed album and, and i listened to a song i had only heard it chopping screwed and then i heard the regular joint and i was like yo this shit sounds weird now mm-hmm. so and i feel like it just goes on what you heard first so I, again to add to what you were saying i feel like if um if you know if you had never heard it before or if you had heard the regular version before and then you heard the chopping screwed version i feel like it'd definitely be like a weird you know weird kind of thing about it for sure oh yeah and i'm I don't know. Like I, I've, I just, I've never really caught the, the, the liking and everything behind it. But I mean, hey, that's just me. Nah, I feel you. I feel you. All right, let's. Uh, I want to go. Because honestly, the longer that this album went, the less of some of the stuff that I liked. I mean, you know what? I'll talk about number thirteen, the Like a Pimp remix. I didn't know that there was a Like a Pimp remix. I just did not know that that was something that was. I didn't even know there was a, reg- uh, a regular song before this. Yeah. There was no song. But I, I like, I mean, the beat is still dope. You know, everything was good on it. Juicy J had the best verse on that joint, in my opinion. Uh, mm. And Pimp C right behind him. So, I mean, there's not much I can say about the song because we all fucked with the song like a pimp. I mean, <laughs> that song went hard. <laughs> so it was like, you, okay, you know, I'm going I'm gonna be real with you. I actually never had heard of this song until I listened to it this time around. Maybe I just—I don't know. I just—I guess I just never liked it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hook is one of the most classic. Now, obviously, misogyny all over this song. Dare I say, violence against women all over this song, 100%. But it, it, it was a different time, different era. So you know what I mean. It is what it is. But dope song. I love that, like a pimp, mm-hmm. all over the giant, and it's just—I I love the hook. It, it, as ratchet and as fucked up as it is, I love the hook. It's definitely one of them songs you had—you you definitely can't play this at the barbecue with, with your with your aunt listening and oh, like no. that because you already know what time is going to be when that happens. So this is definitely a song just to reminisce of more misogynistic times, but nonetheless, 
Uh, I fuck with 13 as well. Uh, dope having Project Pat on there as well as uh, Pimp C. Hell yeah. 100%. Like I said, everything uh, that Project Pat is on on this joint is pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Regardless Facts. of the beat. Facts. And let's, let's just go on to number 14 because this is probably one of my favorite songs as well. Beat them to the floor. This is one of them songs that, again, is just a high energy mosh pit kind of rap song. The, the, the hook legitimately says, we're going to beat them to the floor. We're going to beat them to the floor. We're going to beat them. And it's just that energy. And then I love it. And I feel like it just invokes a certain energy. I listened to this song before my team lost. Yes, I said fucking lost to the goddamn votes for Ravens. But let me tell you, before that, before that happened and before we lost that game, uh-huh. I feel like we we're going to go in there and dog these niggas because a lot and do because of this song right here. So let me just say, Thank you, 365, for making this song and a couple other songs that, that I, I, just, I won't mention now. But nonetheless, really dope song to me. I think very high energy. I feel like the Tennessee Titans should adapt this to their game day song. But I know that, you know, the, the, the Yakubians over there won't allow that. But I get it. Oh, yeah. It's something. No, I, I, I love the beat to this song. I, again, the chorus is very simple, but it's straight to the point and it hypes you the fuck up. I think that there's, um, the, the song has, uh, each rapper on it has their time to shine and they do it very well. Like, I have not a problem with this joint. This is, again, one of the songs that I actually do like. And it's a very 3 6 song, just like, oh, yeah. Like, nigga, let's Facts. fight. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is definitely like, like the intro to the song, you hear Juicy J talking to God knows who, like, yo. When I, whenever you see this nigga, I want you to fuck this nigga up, beat the <laughs> shit out of him. And I'm like, yeah, this song is definitely a song you play if you're about to go jump a nigga, if you're about to go fight a group of, like, if you was like in high school and you was about to go fight like a group of people, this is definitely the song that I would want to listen to just to like get in the right mindset of like, yeah, we're about to go fight. Oh yeah, this will so, give you that extra energy you need. No, for sure. And again, and again, I feel like this is one of the greatest things that Three Six Mafia does, and it is that energy. And again, that's that's what it's all about. I feel, at least to me, I feel like music is at least a lot of the times is about invoking a certain feeling, emotion, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you can invoke even an emotion or energy as you know violent as this, it's still all good in my book. So true. I'm 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 all the way with it, man. I, I love this song. All right, bet. All right, let's go to number fifteen. Put your D in her mouth. Again, yes. a very 3-6 song, straight to the point. <laughs> yes. The chorus is First just man. like, look, I don't even need to tell you how I'm going to do this in my lyrics. I just <laughs> no. need you to listen to the chorus <laughs> to know what is about to happen. <laughs> yeah. The gun says, put your dick in the mouth, give me head till I'm dead, put your dick in the mouth. Hey, yo, now again, not a song you can play around the kids, around your mom, your grandma, your auntie, whoever. It's just not going to fly, man. It's just not going to fly. Not at all. Not at all. But again... It's a very 3-6 song. It's very hype. It gets you that energy. Uh, it, it, and if you're about to get your dick sucked, shit, it's going to make you go a whole different mode of savage. So. <laughs> facts. Facts, facts. I agree 100%. I, I think this song is, is dope. Very 3-6 Mafia S song. Definitely. And again, I, whenever 3-6 Mafia has like a female kind of song, it's always one of these crazy joints. And I feel like this joint is definitely right on right on cue with that. Hell yeah. But but let's 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 go real quick back to number eleven just because I wanted to talk about this. And we were talking about earlier how uh this album has or or in general, I guess artists still talk crazy and reckless on their on their fucking songs. Oh yeah. But this is definitely one of the songs right here. Uh specifically Project Pet's uh verse, which is the very first verse on the song. This nigga is legitimately banging on the track, talking shit 
and and all they do is they just cut off when they actually when he actually mentions the person's name which is kind of crazy to me <laughs> but nonetheless he, he does all kinds of shit talking and shit like that but i thought that was crazy but one thing that i thought was really dope on this song was the beat change mm-hmm. around the time when crunchy black comes on i believe and i think that that right there like i'm, I'm obviously i'm not saying that three six is the first group to do beat changes in songs but I feel like their way of doing it is really dope to me in the sense that like, I don't know, it just, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just almost undescribable to me, but it's their own sound kind of way of doing it. And I feel like it's really dope. And they do that a couple times on this album. Uh, they mixed in the Who Run It joint on another song. And I, I think that's really dope when they do that shit, particularly when they have a lot of artists on the beat. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, and obviously, this is the Three Six Mafia joint. They got at least four niggas on the song, so I feel like it's 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 not a bad idea to change up the beat. And I feel like that's something that they did well on this song. Yeah, very true, very true. And uh, again, everybody shines on this shit very well lyrically. And it's, again, just another very Three Six to the point, just violent ass shit make you want to just get up and start fucking thrashing niggas and shit i mean like they have the music that just makes you want to get up and just do shit (laughs) like no matter what it is nigga if you gotta clean your room dog play some three six mafia that's just really what it is dog like like you either gonna do some productive shit or you're gonna do some really grimy ass fucked up shit but you gotta not just sit there and do nothing listen exactly you might end up with a few broken things in your room before the end of the day but you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a fact that's a fact alright I'm gonna go ahead and jump to number 19 which I guess is technically the last actual track on the album Mm -hmm. excuse me uh, Dangerous Posse featuring the hypnotized Camp Posse now I'm assuming that this is all of the members on the album which were what Crunchy Black Lord Infamous DJ Paul and Juicy J I think Lil White is on there I'm pretty yeah, sure Project Pat is on there. But like it's actually we always talk about how a posse song can either be really good or really bad and mm-hmm. they usually kind of lean lent, uh lead towards the really bad side. Yeah. This yeah, is a good one. This yeah. is a really I good agree. one. And I, I think agree. it's a great way for them to end this album on this on this on this note because you get a strong performance from everybody. The beat is crazy on this joint. And like yeah, I was saying, yeah. it's always a risky move having the Posse song as the last track on the album, simply because a lot of Posse songs are trash. But again, this joint is just vicious. It, they did a no. really a dope job of finishing the album strong. I agree 100. Um, you know, for for all all the Three Six Mafia fans out there, you know that Three Six Mafia always does this either on their mixtapes, on their albums. A lot of their single albums, instead of having Three Six members all throughout the album, they'll just have like a Posse song at the end of the album as well. Gotcha. So I've always thought that, I've always thought that that was pretty dope about them. However, to add to what you were saying, they're not always good. A lot of times are actually kind of bad. But this is one of the good ones in my opinion. To all the 3-6 fans out there, I'm sure y'all would agree this is one of the better posse songs. Aside from Lil White, which I hate to shit on Lil White, I really I wasn't really too big of a fan of his verse, but I feel like everybody else's verse was dope. Juicy to start the jump was dope. Uh Crunchies was dope, and I really thought that uh DJ Pulse to end it was really dope talking his shit and i feel like you know beat was dope as well and just overall really really good way to end the album uh especially with everything that this album was so exactly 
And then, of course, you've got number 20, which is the outro, which, again, wouldn't be like very late 2000s or early I mean, uh, late 90s, early 2000s <laughs> if it wasn't just an outro talking about upcoming projects from everybody else <laughs> in the crew. <laughs> yo, that is such a dated that. Yo, if there's anything on this album that tells you 2003, it's definitely, yo, stay tuned or watch out for this, that, and the third or watch out for choices, too. And then talking shit in the background. Mm-hmm. And, but I thought it was really dope at the beginning because it was kind of like them joking around and, yep. and mentioning all this shit. Like, yo, we probably going to be at war with Iraq right now. <laughs> oh, he's like Osama Bin Laden. Exactly. But you know what? Actually, I have to say, that's not necessarily a straight up hip hop thing. That's a southern hip hop thing because outros for like, I was big into No Limit back in the day. So, but mm. all the outros for No Limit were like, yeah, you know, thanks for listening to this project, blah, blah, be on the lookout for, you know, Mia X new project or Fiend new project and the jump from Mercedes. Like, they used to always stay plugging other people's shit at yeah. the end of an album. So, like, I, th- and I don't remember, honestly, because I was not a Hot Boys fan back in the day, I don't know if the Hot Boys did that on their albums or, if a lot of the you know the cash money guys did that on their albums back in the day uh just because yeah. i didn't listen to their their first few albums and shit but it was you definitely know, it kinda, sounds like a southern it, thing it kind of also reminds me of like uh like uh new york djs when they kind of mention things in the middle of songs like they kind of scream things before the song starts yeah be like, don't forget to check out new mixtape on the way exactly e3 coming soon old dj clue shit <laughs> Yeah, DJ Klusha, yeah, definitely DJ Klusha. So it kind of, it's it's obviously different, but it's kind of, you know, similar in that sense where, like, I guess they find their ways to sneak in little little, little points. But definitely the, the last song being a whole dedication or whatever, what's happening next is, is definitely for sure something. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, did you have any other ones that you wanted to talk about? Uh, No, I, I think I should be, should be good. Man. All right. So overall thoughts then of the project itself look man coming uh, from the nostalgia obviously, obviously no question uh nostalgia had a, a huge part in me choosing the album but i will say uh one thing i've come to realize is that the nostalgia doesn't always hold the album together um but to me i feel like it does in this case and it's not just the nostalgia i feel like a lot of songs not all of them because there's obviously a lot of a lot of songs on here and, and some of them do sound dated and you know things of that nature. But I feel like there's a lot that is going on in here that stands the test of time, in my opinion. And there's a lot that you might be able to mix in, you know, in, in a, at a you know, party or like a barbecue or some shit like that. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot that you could switch in off of this album. And overall, I feel like the only thing that kind of brings this album down to me is just the length of the album. Yeah, uh, for sure. There's couple, a couple songs in here that I wasn't the biggest fan of, like some of the slower songs, which weren't bad songs. Like the uh, the Money Didn't Change Me joint, I think that joint was actually kind of decent, but definitely not a song that I would listen to. Not really what I go for, go to 3-6 Mafia for, you know, that introspective shit. Whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, like other, other than it just being a little, the, the album being a little too long, too many songs, I think it was a really dope album. And, and to me, it lived up to what I remembered it being, which I felt like when you're reviewing an older album, that's the important part. It's, uh-huh. It doesn't live up to the nostalgia, you know, that you have for it. For me, I was actually very surprised by parts of this album, but a lot of it, 
I really was not expecting to like like just going into it I kind of mm-hmm. had like all right I'm probably not gonna like this but let's go ahead and get through it you know maybe I'll be surprised like I was with the project Thanks. Pat Jane. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of shit that I was actually very surprised about that I did like. But overall, like I was telling you before, like I think I would have much more gotten into this if I was still in my early 20s because I would have been more in that mode. Also, I think that there was just like a lot of lazy lyrics. And I want to like, <clears throat> I don't want to put the full blame on him, but like I feel like a lot of the lyrical blame goes to Crunchy Black. <laughs> I, he's not the most lyrical nigga in the world. And mm. that shows a lot. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if you guys have seen the, or I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the DJ Vlad interview where essentially Crunchy Black was just like the, the alleged shooter of the group. And yep. one day they just needed essentially somebody else to just come on and, and he kind of just kept rapping. That, that's really what came out of his mouth and said it. Okay. So it doesn't really surprise me that he was just the wild nigga that was with them that just so happened to get on and was decent enough to rap to to probably still be eating off of royalties to this day. Oh, I'm I'm guaranteed. I'm guaranteed. I think that the that was the only that was the biggest problem was like just the lazy lyrics across a lot of it. I'm mm. not trying to go in on the beats and everything because I know it's a it's a project of the time. It was I I I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I have to say that. I can't okay. say that I'm going to go back and listen to 36's entire discography now. Yeah, exactly. but I will say okay, I understand where niggas come from when they talk about what it is that they liked from that and I can see from at a certain time at a certain age that John would definitely hit you hard and stick with you. So like I I understand it, but it's just not exactly for me, especially not at this time in my life. I feel like that's the thing about music is that even though it's subjective, obviously, just like every other art, art form is, uh-huh. but I feel like you, as a critique of it, I feel like you could usually tell this is still, I could see the allure of this for people. And I, I could see why people fuck with this. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's kind of like, ultimately, if, if, if people could come to, to that conclusion with your work, I feel like you've kind of did your job as an artist yeah exactly because i'm like there's a whole bunch of people that i don't rock with but i can listen to their shit and understand why people do like i understand why people Mm. rock with eminem because eminem is a great lyricist yeah Yeah. i just get tired of his well earlier in his career i got tired of the subject matter that's all it was no, uh, I, I feel you. I feel you. And there's plenty yeah. of other rappers out there that I like, but I mean, that I think are good rappers, but I just don't stick with their stuff because there's something about whether it's the subject matter like Eminem or maybe it's just, you know, the way that they are in real life. And I just don't listen to their music because I can't stand them as a person. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. That shit happens, definitely. Facts. Right. But yeah, no, overall, I thought, it, I thought it was an okay album. Like I said, pleasantly surprised. So. Okay. I'm with you. All right. And uh, does it stand the test of time for you? Look, again, now I, I know you you might disagree with this, but I do feel like, um, like I was saying uh, throughout the review, I feel like a lot of uh, beat patterns and just overall, just the beats in general, sound like a lot of what's kind of popping right now. Uh, even like Travis Scott, obviously, is sampling a lot of older 3-6 Mafia joints, like the Yeah, Ho, yeah, yeah. Ho thing in the background. Like I feel like a lot of the, the darker... Cause you know, a lot of what Travis Scott does is based off of, like the whole punk rock thing. And I feel like a lot of that, a lot of what 3-6 did is kind of centered around the same dark little pocket of, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I feel like it, it kind of borrows from that a lot right now. And obviously Travis being arguably the biggest artist right now, I feel like just off of that, it just, it just goes to show that in my opinion, it does stand the test of time. The beats, a lot of them do sound a little old, but I feel like the, the base of it, it kind of you kind of hear where 
you know, shit kind of is influencing right now. So to mm-hmm. me, overall, just off of that right there, I would say yes, it does stand the test of time. For me, overall, beat-wise, I would say that it doesn't stand the test of time. But the overall feel and the 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 type of lyrics and the the subject matter is definitely more akin today which is something that is like actually kind of weird you know what i'm saying like something from 2003 sounds like that it could have came out in 2021 because i mean like this like some of this stuff really sounds like they could have just you know if they put an updated beat on it they could put it out now and i feel like most people wouldn't even know what it was unless you're a hardcore three six fan (laughs) so like i think that lyrically like the shit holds up over time i just think that right now the beats are dated but like i said if you just updated the beats and put that shit out now people would probably be all up and down it so yeah no for sure i agree so what do you give it uh out of 10 for your score Look, man, I'm going to go ahead and give this an 8.5 out of 10. Again, it, specifically, if you're going into this, I guess, as a 3-6 fan, I feel like it still lives up to everything that we, we remembered and we liked about it. So I, I still feel the same way about it. Uh, obviously not a perfect album, but I do feel like as a 3-6 fan, I, I definitely enjoyed listening to it. I actually grew a lot of liking for some songs that I may have not listened to in the past, too. Uh, so it definitely expanded my liking of of this album as a whole. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go ahead and just go with uh, 8.5 out of 10. I thought it was dope. Uh, to me, it wasn't just a nostalgia and it lived up to uh, everything else. So. All right. Now I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid seven out of 10. And okay. the reason that I scored it lower is because simply because of the, the, the laziness of a lot of the lyrics and it's just a really long album. And for me, it was hard to get through. And I don't, I don't, I mean, it's just like I said, it's not something that I would typically listen to at this point. So, and plus it was like for me to, to, to get over some of the beat stuff and then go back and still continue to listen to the song so I can get the lyrics and the overall, what the song was about. Not just be like, I don't like this beat. I ain't trying to listen to this shit. So that was the main thing that did it for me was just that it was mostly just the lazy lyrics and the fact that there's so many songs. I mean, I feel like there's at least four, at least four easily filler songs on here that can be taken off and it would be more of a cohesive album. Yeah. But I mean, those are really my only complaints for it. But I mean, it was enough to drop it to seven for me. So seven out of ten. Okay. Fair enough. All right. All right. Uh, did you have uh, anything else you wanted to say about the project before we uh, head out of here for the for the day? Uh, now, nah, man, definitely enjoyed listening to this again. Definitely, as an adult, a lot of songs that again, that, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the on the podcast or if I was talking about this earlier with my brother, but I like going back and listening to things with a different ear, mm-hmm. either either as an older adult or just as an adult in general. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I remember back in the day. A lot of New York rappers refer to guns as iron. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And, and and as a kid, I was like, iron? Like a fucking iron stick or something? Yeah. And, and like, I just never knew what like a lot of shit meant. And I feel like going back to listen to it, especially a lot of shit that I liked for whatever reason as a kid that I didn't really understand, it's just kind of cool to go back and kind of... And, and this is definitely one of those albums for sure because there was a lot of like slang that I didn't pick up obviously when I was a kid. Yeah, for the most part, I, I kind of get now, so definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. That always happens when you listen to something as a youth and you love it and you go back in as an adult and you're like, damn, they really let me listen to this shit? <laughs> facts, facts, facts. All right, well, before we jump up out of here today, sir, did you have an album suggestion to share with the beautiful people out here? Yes, sir. I'm going to go ahead. First of all, I'm going to shout out uh, DJ Academics for putting me on with this guy. He posted him, I believe, on his 
on his IG or something like that, or I forgot what he posted. But he posted him. Uh, it's my man from the six Toronto MC. Uh oh. Toronto MC. His name is Pressure. Okay. Uh, and and uh, EP or mixtape or whatever it is is called Garden Gardener Express. Okay. The song that really caught my attention was the first one, which is Attachments. I think he has a really interesting voice, and um, I don't know. I think I think I think it's really dope. I think a lot of his shit is really dope. So definitely check him out. His name is Pressure P R E S S A, and it's called Gardener Express. Check oh, it out. All right. My joint today comes from. Someone who I actually got hip to off of Instagram. Uh, she was on Instagram just like spitting verses all the time and was just like killing it and killing it. Uh, apparently, she finally came out with an album. Uh, her name is Chica. The album is called Industry Games. And I have to say that it's, it's a short, it's a short, I don't know if it's an actual album or an EP. It's probably an EP because it's what, one, two, three, four, five. It's like seven tracks long. Uh, it's only like 20 minutes. But like, you know, on my way. Balenci's and fucking the title track industry games are just like you know some of my favorite joints from this track uh from this album uh selection but like go ahead and give it a, a listen especially if you've ever heard any of her freestyles on instagram and if you haven't look her up on instagram and go check out some of her freestyles because she's actually like super fucking dope amazing and i was always wondering if she was actually going to get an album to come and you know put that on us so apparently she's got some she's got a, at least an ep out right now so you know go give the girl a check out her name is chica and the and the project is called industry games i bet all right all right well i guess that go ahead and end the episode unless oh. you have any other pearls of wisdom you'd like to drop on these beautiful people let me just say one last thing okay mm-hmm. as i'm sure you've kept up Bow Wow has been kind of the butt of every joke over the last, like... 10 years? Maybe, maybe 10 years, maybe or so. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently his daughter has become, like, a TikTok famous. Like, she does, like, the little dances or whatever. Oh, okay. And, and she's, like, does, like, a lot of, like... You could tell that she's going to be a very, like, artsy involved or maybe, like, actress. Like, she's she has a lot of energy, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody was, like... She's cooler than her daddy already at this point. And she's like fucking three or four years old. It's just, or maybe older than that. But regardless, it's just funny how he's still the butt of everybody's joke, even when talking about his job. His Hell yeah. But you know, they, they do that with, 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 with famous people's kids where like they'll be tired of the famous person, but they love them damn kids. <laughs> Oh yeah, facts. Because though, like a whole bag of people can't stand Kim Kardashian, but they are obsessed with her children. Facts, facts. I don't know. It's a weird fucking thing, man. Yeah, the celebrity that little kids like you know babies get after their parents have them. It's just like this nigga's been a celebrity since he was in utero. Like what the fuck? No, no, that's a fact. Nigga, we knew about you since nine months before you was born, nigga, when, when your parents told us about it. Exactly. So it's just like, mm, okay, I get, I get why people. Yeah, kind of stand for their kids because like, i remember on the pot one of the podcasts i listened to uh the two hosts like legit they stand for beyonce but they legit stand for blue ivy like <laughs> they, oh, they, yeah, they think that blue ivy is the one that's actually running shit and like getting her mother together for practices and getting in the studio yeah. and shit and controlling the little babies and shit i was like y'all are wild as shit Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all know where y'all can find us. Y'all can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HQ Podcast. And yes, that is all spelled out. 
Yes, sir. You can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, and I think we're still on the G Radio. I believe. Yeah. yeah so check right. us out on all those, um, all those platforms, whatever floats your boat. My name is Cooper. I'm from my man, Mr. Chris Bimbase. Y'all take it easy. Uh, yes, wash sir. your hands, wash your ass, be good. And if you can't be good, be the best that you can be. Hey, man, hopefully by this time next year, we're going to be out and about and doing random regular shit and in studio and providing better top quality shit for y'all motherfuckers. So definitely <laughs> listen. Cheers to a better year than 2020. I don't know if we did an episode already. Hey. But if we didn't, cheers to a new 2020. And we're going to keep rocking with y'all, man. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And we love y'all, everybody. Be easy. We out this motherfucker. Peace. Peace.